What up, people? It is Wednesday, June 24th. My name is B. Hill, and this is the Just My Opinion Podcast. Um, I know my last podcast, I was kind of in the mood. Uh, just a lot of stuff going on in the world, and it really got to me uh, for a little bit. And honestly, it's still kind of there. I still have a similar mindset, but I'm just a tad more optimistic today than I was a couple of weeks ago on the last podcast. Um, And one thing I wanted to talk about today was just hate and hate overall, because over the past few months, uh, it seems like hate has been very prevalent on many sides. Um, And hate is a very strong word, but uh, just to put it in some context. Uh, watching a video on Facebook yesterday where there were some uh, counter-protesters to the Black Lives Matter uh, protest. And, of course, they had Confederate flags, swastikas, and things of that nature, and that yelling stuff at the, the Black Lives Matter uh, protesters. And one lady screamed that, I'm going to teach my kids to hate you, too. Or, no, she said, I'm going to teach my grandkids to hate you, too. And that just really stuck with me because I've definitely experienced racism, uh, overt racism. Um, And I just don't understand that mentality, how you can have so much hate for somebody you don't know. And generally it's just based on the color of their skin. And it says a lot to where we are right now. And also... um, just had some conversations with friends this week. Uh, I think the whole confederacy thing is stupid because of the fact, you know, people talk about their heritage and things of that nature. That's why they support the confederacy. But I can't see how you can be so patriotic to America and represent the confederacy and fly the confederate flag because the confederacy fought against America and lost. So you're representing something that fought against the very country you say you're so patriotic um, about. So it just, it doesn't make sense. Uh, It's pretty much an oxymoron that it's just so opposite of each other that somebody could have the mentality. And, you know, they're taking down a lot of the uh, statues of Confederate leaders and things of that nature. And honestly, I don't necessarily have an issue with statues I don't because really everything is more of a mindset Um, it's good that they're taking these what can be considered racist symbols down Uh, I'm okay with it either way uh, honestly but you're not going to change people's mindset the people that want the statues up that's not going to change their mindset uh, and how they think and I think that's the biggest problem we have right now Uh, for the life of me I cannot understand why saying Black Lives Matter triggers so many white people. I just don't get it. You see people, you know, tearing down signs that say Black Lives Matter, and then people saying that Black Lives don't matter. I'm just perplexed and befuddled by the entire situation. Um, The Black Lives Matter movement, all they're basically saying is, we just want to be treated equal. And, and that's it. 
and just watching some of the conversations that people have, especially on Facebook. That's really the only social media that I do. Um, and that's really the only one I can stomach as much as social media because social media can be so toxic. But a friend of mine had posted a couple of weeks ago about her having white privilege and all hell broke loose. And it was such, she was expressing her own individual thoughts and, and feelings, which she has a right to do. But when people come in and equate white privilege to working hard, as if black people don't work hard, um, it's a false equivalency. And it takes away from what actual white privilege is. Um, but you constantly hear about white privilege is not a thing. It's a democratic thing. They made up to brainwash people. And uh, Me being an analytical person, like my job, I'm an analyst. Uh, and my personality is one of an analytical nature. So I ask questions. I think about things. Uh, I'm the type of person that... I think about consequences of my actions and I really think about things first. And it's hard for me to understand the mentality of some of these people, especially people that support the dude in the White House and all they do is use talking points from Fox News or from that dude but can't elaborate or justify their talking points. Um, I hate having conversations with those kind of people because... They, you can't have a rational conversation because a lot of their ideology uh, is not their own. And they can't uh, explain or express why they feel the way they do. They're just listening to somebody else. They don't have their own opinion. Um, and so I have a couple of friends, you know, they go hard on Facebook and social media about certain things. And I just tell them, say, it's not even worth it because these diehards, you're not going to be able to change their mind. And no matter what you say, they're going to stick to their point and they're going to support who they support. So why even waste your breath on them? Um, I just choose not to get into those discussions and arguments with people, especially people I don't know. Everybody has a right to their opinion, um, even if I think it's stupid. You know, they think my opinion is stupid too, so that's fine. And all it is is opinion. But with some of these people, when you hit them with actual facts, um, they can't justify it. They just defend it and continue to use the same talking points. But back to the hatred thing. Um, you know, I've experienced racism. Uh, and I know I've talked about the high school I graduated from. Because up until my sophomore year of high school, I, w- I lived in a predominantly black area. Uh, it was probably would have been considered lower middle class then. And the summer going into my junior year, I moved to the suburbs. And the school that I went to my junior senior year was probably 80, 85% white, maybe 8 or 9% black. In my junior year, in five of my seven classes, I was the only black student. And the neighborhood I lived in, there were probably, at the time, maybe a handful of black families. Uh, if that, especially when we first moved, we were the only black family on the street. Um, and I remember walking out from the house to my car and these two white kids were driving down the street and they just yelling the N-word out the window to me. And I get to my car and they took off as if I was going to chase them or something. Um, I remember walking down the hall and people yelling, go back to Africa and 
you know, using the N-word and all of this stuff and uh, just ridiculous stuff. And, and a lot of this stuff is homegrown. And it's what they learn from their parents. Um, and a lot of these people don't think for themselves. But when just to hear this lady screaming at these people talking about, you know, I'm going to teach my grandkids to hate you too. I just don't get it. And it's and obviously that's not a question or that's something I'll ever be able to give an answer to because I was just raised so much differently than that. Uh, I don't hate anybody. I dislike a lot of people, uh, but I can't necessarily say I hate anybody. Uh, but I do have strong dislikes for people. Um, and then I just think about to have that much hate and misery in your heart, you have to be a miserable person. I mean, you just wake up and I know people, um, somebody in my family, and every time you see her, she's in a bad mood, she has attitude, and it's like, nobody wants to be around you because you just walk in with negativity. And I personally try to live a positive life. I try to surround myself with people who are positive. Um, but I just don't understand the constant negativity. That just has to feel like a burden every day. And that brings me to my ex-girlfriend that lives here. Um, we're still cool. Love her to death. Want her to be happy. But she has a lot of issues she needs to deal with. And a lot of them has to do with her son and her ex-husband. And I know I've talked about that before. But um, her ex-husband has to be one of the biggest douchebags I've ever witnessed in my life. And I don't, I just don't understand how or why he basically seems to live his life to make her miserable. Um, and the most recent example is uh, he's not working currently, so he's keeping their son uh, while she works. And so he has primary custody during the weekend. She gets the son on the weekend. Well, their son was scheduled to have uh, oral surgery and have like three or four teeth removed from the dentist on Friday, this Friday. And she took off work so she could be there, especially she has concerns about them putting him under, so she wanted to be there. Well, her ex-husband changed the date to next Tuesday, which happens to be her birthday. And then said she can, you know, get the son and spend time with him on Tuesday. And of course, that was something that was intentionally done to basically ruin her birthday. So now she had to take off Tuesday as well. Uh, and she probably won't have a good birthday with her son because he's going to be fresh out of her oral surgery and probably in pain. And I know he did it on purpose. And he's done other little stuff like that before, but it's, that's just such an asshole thing to do. And as much as I want to call him and see him face-to-face -face and check him because I have met him before and basically he was saying yes sir no sir to me but he knows he can get away with stuff with her and as much as I want to intervene it, I, I really do it, it's just not my my battle to fight and I've been brought up in some drama with them and that's part of the reason why we're not together we're still friends but we're not together is because their son put me in some drama um, that I had nothing to do with but he just needs somebody to really check him. And honestly, I pray for him all the time because it just, I feel sorry for her to see what she's going through. 
Uh, some of it is her fault because she's allowed a lot of stuff to go on for so long, but I can't imagine dealing with a narcissist every day for those many years and you will have to continue to because he's the father of your child. I, I just can't see how she deals with it. And sometimes she just say to hell with it, just go along with the plan because sometimes that's easier than standing up for yourself. But then the longer you allow that stuff to go on, the, the longer it will happen. But my point with that is just I can't see how somebody, especially this dude, say he's such a Christian into the church and all of that stuff, how he can treat the mother of his child like that. So it goes back to the the hatred part. I don't know what his animosity is. And he just has to be a miserable person to want to basically ruin somebody else's life. You cannot be happy with yourself if you wake up every day and that's your goal. I just don't get it. Um, and it's sad, honestly. You know, I try to be a positive person for the most part. Um, I have a lot of friends that come to me, you know, when they need to talk and I'll listen and they ask my uh, opinion on certain things and I never give advice. I give an opinion on what I would do in certain situations. And my opinion is just, is just that. Uh, it's not law. It, it doesn't mean what I would do would be something somebody else needs to do. You know, each individual has to make their decisions and, and do what they feel is best for them. But if you ask my opinion, I would definitely give you an honest opinion in what I would do or how I would handle a specific situation. But I just, I pray a lot about just getting past the hate. I hope I never have that kind of hatred in my heart for anybody. Um, because again, I just think that's a miserable place to be. And this week, uh, well, late last week, probably almost a week ago, so I think it was on Thursday, I got a message on Facebook Messenger from somebody. And when I saw the name in the picture, I had no idea who it was. And it just said, hey, how you doing, old friend, or something like that. And I went to a profile, and I recognized it, and I was, you know, I sent her a message back and asked if, you know, this was my friend from 17, 18 years ago. And it was. And the thing with her is, we were really tight. We used to live in the same apartment complex. We worked at the same office. So we just would spend a lot of time together. And, I mean, she was like my sister. We hung out, played cards, played dominoes. She knew my family. I mean, she was just, she was family. And she started dating this guy who did not like me because he didn't like the fact of how close we were. Now, her and I were only friends. We never dated. It was never anything like that. Uh, I am a person or a man that can have platonic female friends because I have a lot of them. 90% of my friends are female. Some of them are married. I know their husbands. There's no threat or anything like that. I'm just, we just cool. You know, a lot of my friends are family. I consider them family and we've known each other for 15, 20 years. And that's just what it is. And so her new dude she was talking to didn't like me. Um, and I guess the way she explained it was some drama went down. And um, she said rather than bring me into that drama, she just decided to cut ties and deal with him. And here we are, 17, 18 years later, uh, she contacted me, and it was really good to talk to her. 
I missed my friend. Uh, and she apologized. She explained what happened. She apologized about everything and you know, basically said she could have handled some things differently. And my response to her was, I appreciate the apology, but I let that stuff go a long time ago. At 45 years old, I don't harbor any animosity. I just let stuff go. And I just see it as it wasn't meant to be. Uh, there are certain people that will come in your life for a minute and then they may be gone. And those are things I've just come to accept over years. Uh, some people are meant to be in your life forever. And that's kind of how I felt. Of course, initially I was uh, upset because we were cool and I had no idea of why we stopped talking. But, you know, shortly after, I just left alone. I mean, it was, say, she know how to get in touch with me if she want to talk. And I'm not mad about anything. Um, and I'm glad we were able to reconnect. I missed her, but it was... The one thing I do when I meet somebody is let them know uh, I have a lot of female friends and they aren't going anywhere. You know, as long as uh, my friends do not disrespect my girlfriend or do anything to uh, jeopardize my relationship or disrespect my relationship or my girlfriend, I'm cool with that. And she should be cool with that too. And most of the time, whoever I'm dating, they meet a lot of my female friends to see what that interaction is between us. Um, like I said, my friends have been around for 15, 20 years, and I would not choose a female over my friends, the ones who've been there for me through all this time. So they'll have to understand that. Uh, yeah, I may minimize my contact. It may not be like it, it currently is when I'm dating somebody, but uh, they're not, I'm, I will not stop being friends if they have not disrespected her or my relationship. Uh, and that's just my rule. Um, I've lost a lot of friends because their boyfriends didn't like the fact that she had male friends and just chalked it up to what it meant to be, what it meant for us to, to stay in contact, and I let them do their thing. Um, but for me, I'm not going to cut my friends off over some new chick I started dating. Because I value my friendships way more than that. So that leads me to um, a girl I kind of started talking to a couple of months ago. Um, and used to talk to her. It didn't work out. And part of the reason it didn't is because I felt she was trying to move way too fast. And I felt like she let a lot of her own personal insecurity get in the way of us really getting to know each other. I'm the type of dude that wants to talk to you. I want to get to know your personality, know how you think, um, get into your mind first, and even see if we click, you know, on a personality level. Um, I'm not looking for just a physical relationship because I do want to get married at some point. I would love to. Um, And I don't like rushing into physical things either especially at this point, Um, but she seemed to really want to get physical quickly, Uh, and that was actually kind of a turnoff because if it's that easy for me, it's probably easy for other people too, and then she, um, her insecurity, she would accuse me of a lot of stuff, like even when, you know, she'll talk about her friends, I talk about mine, she said, well, I know she has a lot of female friends, I said, yes, I do. Um, and basically what I just said, you know, I'm cool with them. They're not going anywhere. She got mad about that. And I told her straight up, say, if you can't handle that, you can leave. I'm cool with that. Uh, 
no hard feelings. Then she um, she accused me of playing games with her because she called me. I was on the phone, so I sent her a text message that said, hey, I'm on the phone, dealing with something, give me 20 minutes. I called her back, she didn't answer the phone. So the next day, she texted me, how you doing? I said, fine, tried to call you back, you didn't answer. Then she said I was playing games because I didn't answer the phone, and that was the third time I had did that to her. And she said that was drama. Okay, cool. So I'm like, if you feel like there's drama, if I'm on the phone and I tell you I'm on the phone, let me call you back. Uh, that's cool. We don't have to talk anymore. I haven't talked to her since. And I'm absolutely okay with that. Um, Personality-wise, I thought she was pretty cool. But there were just certain things that I was picking up on that I knew I didn't want to deal with long-term. And part of it was she seemed to have this need for validation a lot. It was a constant, do you like my shirt? Do you like my pants? Do you like my shoes? Do you like my hair? And I'm like, you know, yeah, it's cool. Uh, not that I didn't think she was attractive or anything like that, but I'm not the type of dude that's gonna tell you that every 10 minutes. And she would give me a compliment. We went out one time and she said, oh, I like that shirt on you. And she, basically she said that just so I could compliment her back. And I'm secure, I'm, I am not the best looking dude in the world. I'm working on trying to lose weight, get back in shape, stuff like that. But the one thing I don't lack is confidence. I've never had an issue getting a girl. I mean, well, it, it, there's slim picking uh, out there, but the majority of the time I, I have, if I want, I, I can have a girlfriend if I want. May not be the person I want, but, and I'm just saying that to say I have confidence in myself. I do not have low self-esteem. Um, but I feel like when people constantly need validation and compliments all the time, it, to me that's a self-esteem issue. And long term, that's not something I could deal with either. So I just prefer a woman with a backbone, spiritual, could take care of herself, uh, and can make her own decisions. You know, I, with my last relationship, I definitely felt like her father in a lot of ways because I'm constantly trying to explain to her or give her different points of view on different situations and it was always something and I was the only person that she would come to and I can't solve all your problems and continue to deal with my own at some point as an adult you have to make decisions and live with the consequences of the decisions sometimes you'll make a good one sometimes you won't but at some point you just have to bite the bullet and, and make one uh, and I felt like she had she's very um She's needy in the fact that she always needs opinions. She has a hard time making decisions, and she's extremely indecisive. Uh, and that got annoying over a while. But she's a sweetheart. Uh, she still has a lot of growing to do. And I wish her nothing but the best, and I'll always be there for her as a, a shoulder to lean on. Uh, but she just has a lot of growing that she needs to do outside of a relationship. She needs to figure herself out first. Uh, but back to just the hate thing. I mean, I just hope and pray we get to a better place. Uh, I did see something today that the three men that killed Ahmaud Aubrey, uh, they were indicted. So they will go to trial for the murder of Ahmaud Aubrey. Um, right now we're still seeing, we haven't seen a lot done with the Breonna Taylor case. I think one person may have been fired from their job. 
but Breonna Taylor was the young lady that was asleep in the no-knock warrant. Uh, I think there was a bill passed um, to cancel or do away with no-knock warrants. And then that leads me to all of these police officers that are quitting their jobs because their fellow officers are finally being fired and or arrested for killing people or improper or, or excessive force against people. And they're walking off the job calling in sick because they can't choke somebody to death? Yeah, I mean, is that what the, the argument is? That's what they pissed off about? That they're being held accountable for their action? And even with all of this stuff going on, you're still seeing videos, police officers choking people. Um, I saw one today of a black guy just walking down the street, police officer confronted him, asked him what he's doing. He said, I just left Western Union, waiting on my sister to send me some money. Another police officer came from behind him, put him in a basically a, a reverse bear hug, slammed him on the ground, uh, handcuffed him. And I think they said they broke his wrist too and said he had a warrant. Come to find out, he was not even the person that had a warrant. And you could hear them on body cam, you know, kind of upset, knowing that they just made a huge mistake. And they assaulted this man for nothing. Uh, there was another video a few months ago. Um, they ordered this black man out of the car. He got out of the car, put his hands up, put his hands behind his head. Police officer came from behind him and kicked him in the back. And then they just started wrestling with him. He didn't do anything wrong. Come to find out he was innocent too. So it's just, I'm still at a place of, I'm perplexed by a lot of the stuff that's going on and what seems to be a target on black people. I mean, I, if I see a cop car lights behind me, I definitely get uh, a little nervous. Regardless if I, I've never had any issues with the cops, uh, never had, you know, been arrested or anything like that, but right now you just don't know. And again, with the mentality thing, I was looking at uh, Kentucky. Kentucky had uh, primaries yesterday, and they closed over 200 um, polling places in minority neighborhoods and made them vote at like one or two places. And then, uh, my understanding is, if you're in line by 6 o'clock, you should be able to vote that day. They closed the doors and locked them. And a lot of those people outside that weren't, uh, that were there by 6 o'clock, but they tried to lock them out. And a judge had to get an a injunction for them to allow these people to vote. And I mean, that's Mitch McConnell's state. I can't stand that dude. Um, I don't hate him. I dislike him a whole lot. But this is how they suppress minority votes. They close a lot of the polling places in minority neighborhoods to discourage minorities from voting. And they don't do that in the white neighborhoods. And there has to be something that can be done about that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it's, it just boggles my mind that the evil that these people perpetrate intentionally. And Mitch McConnell, it's sad that one person has that much power, though. Even in the Senate, um, the House has passed hundreds of bills and they've sent it to the Senate. He refused to bring them up to, to a vote. I mean, it's nothing will ever get done if people don't work together. And when you have somebody like Mitch McConnell, and before that was uh, John Boehner, 
refusing to even listen because they want what they want for them. That's what's going to benefit them, not their constituents. Um, you just will never get anything done. And I'm just I'm disgusted and sick of it, honestly. Uh, but on somewhat of a positive note, a few weeks ago, somebody in the area created this uh, DFW, which is Dallas-Fort Worth, um, Black-owned restaurants Facebook page. And people are just listing different Black-owned restaurants throughout the Metroplex. And their business has been booming. And I feel so good about being able to support Black businesses. Nothing against other businesses, but I definitely want to support our own, um, especially with COVID and um you know, a lot of people had a lot of issues when they had the stay-at-home orders and everything. So uh, I was able to support a couple of them this week and last week. And pretty good food. Uh, honestly, I can't say they were the best, but I would definitely go back. It was good enough for me to go back. Um, one chicken spot was really good. They had a really good spicy chicken sandwich. And then I went to a barbecue place yesterday. It was it was pretty good. Um Nothing spectacular at this point, but there are a lot of others I will continue to support out there. And they've got uh, a lot of business. I think there's a place, Blackjack Pizza, that's, they sell out every day. And so I'm thankful for this this Facebook group um, to let you know what's going on because a lot of these restaurants I didn't know existed. So it's a good place to, I see it almost like the Green Book back in the day. And the Green Book, basically, if you have not seen the film or know what that is, uh, somebody had created this Green Book for people traveling through the South, which lets you know um, black-owned like restaurants and hotels and motels and things of that nature. So uh, I really enjoy this and seeing people's reaction. And, and I definitely want to support our own because um, I think that's important because not a lot of people have been able to and have so I definitely want to support them uh, as well as some other places but definitely want to give my people um, some business so that's what I'm going to do in the next especially over this summer a lot of these places are close to where I live but uh, I'm going to make a point to to try to hit up a few of them every month Uh, and I guess the last thing I want to talk about oh let me touch on the Bubba Wallace thing uh, Bubba Wallace is the black NASCAR driver who found a noose. Well, let me take that back. He did not find a noose. A NASCAR official found what they thought was a noose in his stall or racing area. That became a huge deal. Uh, he had the support of all the, the drivers and all of that stuff. Um, and he's actually the one that got them to remove the Confederate flag. Um, but come to find out, I guess what they're saying is it's not a noose. It's like something you pull to help bring the garage door down or something like that. So the FBI investigated and said that, you know, there was uh, no racial discrimination or anything like that uh, concluded, which is great. Which is, that's a good thing. (coughs) But now people are mad at him. And again, he's not the one that found it. He's not the one that reported it. A NASCAR official did. So get off his back. Uh, And the last thing, my verbal middle finger, 
it's going to go to everybody who attended the rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And the stupid part is you have to sign a waiver saying that you would not sue if you contracted COVID. But you're going to see somebody that says that COVID is not an issue, but you have to sign a waiver. So you get the rubber metal finger. Uh, that's it for this week. Peace and love to y'all. Keep praying. Stay safe. Until next time, peace.